Welcome to Learn With Lowell. I'm Lowell, serial entrepreneur, startup advisor, and your host for the show. Every week we discover and speak with experts, scientists, leaders, and artists. Today we're joined with Jake Wintermood, developer evangelist at Ginkgo Bioworks. His mission is to grow biotech ecosystems to diversify the bioeconomy and to provide education, documentation, and support for developers bringing new projects to Ginkgo's platform. Please subscribe. It's quick, painless, and tells Google gods this is a show with merit. Let's stay curious, learn about Jake and Ginkgo Bioworks on this episode of Learn With Lowell Show. So I thought it'd be fun to just hear a general update on how your cult children of meat is going. <laughs> it's going great. Thanks for asking. It's good. Yeah. Yes. We're, 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 uh, yeah. It's every, everything that I've hoped for. Uh, the, yeah. the, the meat, the meat space, uh, has taken over the world. Mm. Uh, we're, uh, we're everywhere, you know, everywhere you go, people are made of meat and, uh, that we call That's that success. That's a factual statement that all these things are not uh, incorrect. The world is full of people who are full of meat, at least for for the foreseeable future. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought that was really, uh, you gave a really great talk at New Harvest. I don't know if anyone uh, listening it was tuning into it, but it's, uh, you, you can communicate a very like authentic curiosity and interest to build something that can help out a lot of other people. There's this saying that um, the world is made better by people who grow trees, whose shade they won't enjoy. Now, at the same time, you do get to tinker and play with what you're building too. But like the idea behind at least what I'm gathering for what you're working on is really to get other people to start, you know, living in the shade and, and building things and, and, and innovating with biotechnology. Yeah, that's right. I love I love that about New Harvest. I think it's um it's a really impressive community. So this is the this is this is this this is the cultured meat uh sort of industry meetup. It happens every year. Um not and, this year. Um, oh well, pandemic. I know it's sad. It's, it's a sad. <laughs> it's the but first it's, time. Yeah, it's really it's it's a really it's really interesting as a as a sort of gathering place. They're I think they're having a lot of success in shaping the the culture of the of the cultivated meat industry. There's a lot of just mutual support, a lot of openness. Uh, it's a very values driven uh industry and i you know it didn't have to be that way right i think there's also um there's a lot of money on the line uh frankly when it comes to cultivated meat if that was going to be successful um and you could imagine a much more a much more closed a much more competitive uh industry but the the you know the reality of like a lot of people who want to work in that space and they want to solve that problem um you know they're not uh they're 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 very values driven it's very values driven people and i think it's important to keep that at the at the center um of that industry yeah because it's hard because it's a really hard game right and it's not yeah it's not going to be it's not going to be easy um and i think you know people people who are working in that space they they need that those values to sustain them Mm -hmm. especially in the biotechnology space there's a i was listening to a person give an argument that a lot of the innovation in the last 15 years was because the patents ran out from the 70s and 80s of like Gentech and stuff. So then people could start iterating on it. Granted, I don't think there was any basis for from the 70s and 80s for like CRISPR and stuff like that. So I don't think it entirely like that, that idea entirely encapsulates a lot of the innovation that's happened in the last 20 years. But it would be interesting to see like to what percent is it just like patents are now opening up and things people can just go wild with new ideas again for. Yeah, I so that is I think that's that's an interesting question. Um, I don't know the answer. I, you know, like <laughs> certainly like IP still very important for, for yeah. the biotech industry. Um, it's, uh, 
underlies a lot of a lot of business models. I do. I often think about how IP played out in in programming and in and in computer code uh, because there was a there was a time when uh, computer programs were very hard to write, very expensive uh, to develop, um, had very specialized applications. Uh, and they were they were controlled by a, by a kind of an IP. There was a, a really strong incentive in the early days uh, to make sure that you had you know total total control of all of the IP that was coming out of your computer code. Uh, and what happened in that industry was that it like it just it just got too easy. It just got too easy, too fast. People were writing uh, too much code, too many different ways to solve problems. Uh, you know, if you're gonna, I could, you're gonna patent uh, a for loop, and somebody will just write a, uh, you know, a loop with a different structure that solves exactly the same yeah. problem. And there's so there was there, there just stopped being value uh, in trying to protect uh, specific designs uh, in software. And instead, what happened in software was that the the value came from uh, doing it the fastest, doing it the best, and building a building a product that people actually wanted and that that became the differentiator in in software and the sort of holding the intellectual property around solving a problem in a particular way became much less important so it it, it seems to me inevitable that bio is eventually is, is going to go the same way uh there's no reason to believe right there's no reason to believe that uh a particular drug is always going to cost billions of dollars and decades uh, in in development time to to produce. It is going to get faster, uh, and it is going to get cheaper, and eventually, it's going to be fast enough and cheap enough that um, uh, it will it will stop making sense uh, to build your moat around exclusively IP. Yeah, how is your work right now um, helping to accelerate that um, that future? Yeah, that's so. That's a good question. So, how do we get there? Is that that's yeah. this is the question, right? How do we how do we get to this future where biology is as easy as computer code, right? And I think it's I think it's important to sort of as I um, get excited about the possibilities, right? I think it, like it's important to like reality check, right? Like we're not we're not there. We're not there yet, right? Biology is still very hard, still very hard tech. Development times are still pretty slow very expensive. Um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, a, a lot of regulations and, and with good reason to make sure that we're doing things safely uh, and so on. Right. So that just to, just to like establish the baseline, I don't want to, I don't want to make any crazy promises about, about biology turning into software tomorrow. Um, but I do think that where I work at, 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 at Ginkgo Bioworks, I do think that we 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 see the path to make biology easier to engineer and to do it uh, consistently, uh, following a kind of a, a kind of a Moore's law scaling, right? I do. Yeah. I think that we've we've sort of locked in the feedback loops that we need to lock in in order to turn biology into a discipline that gets easier every year and gets gets exponentially easier and cheaper every year 
right? So I do, I think that, I, I think that it's a sort of, it's a big deal, right? You really sort of, you yeah. can't understate the power of these, these kind of feedback loops in developing technology. And I do think that we've got it at Ginkgo Bioworks and how we've got it is, so first of all, it's scale, it's foundry, foundry scale and foundry integration. So that's like, that's classic economics, right? So if you do bioengineering, um, it's very expensive, but if you do more of it, then the unit costs go down per operation, right? Like that's just, that's the industrial revolution. Everybody knows that it's been, been, been true for a really long time. But if you, so if you can build a foundry at scale, you can bring your unit costs down. In order to make that work, you need to serve many, many different customers, right? So it's not, you can't justify building a, a scaled up economical version of the foundry for just a couple of projects, right? You have to, you have to think about doing hundreds of biological projects in order to reach that scale, which brings down those unit costs. Um, and so in, in, and so in Ginkgo, we do that by working with developers. So we think of ourselves, we're the, we're the organism company. We engineer the strains, we tra transfer those strains. We license those strains to our customers and the customers are the ones who take those strains and use them to build products. Right? so this is an important innovation in the Ginkgo business model where, uh, we don't, we don't have to be good at making all of the products because our customers do that. And so that mm -hmm. enables this scale. It enables this feedback loop that makes biology easier to engineer. And then the it last sound... part of the formula. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Wait, one more. I'm, hold on. I'm so boxing. I'm so boxing. About <laughs> the, the, the last part of the formula is the, is the code base. We call it the code base. Mm -hmm. So this is, this is just the accumulated know-how uh, and the data that comes from running a lot of these bioengineering projects. So it's kind of, it's, it's common sense. It seems kind of obvious that as you put in the reps in a particular technology, you get, you get better at it. But a lot of biotech companies are built as kind of one-offs, right? They say, I'm going to build this platform. I'm going to create this one, one product, and then I'll shut it down because my products, my products done. And that's what my, that's what my company does. So at, at, at Ginkgo, we accumulate this code base. We get better at the cell engineering with every, every new project that we do. Um, and that's part of this flywheel, flywheel that's going to make biology easier to engineer. And that's eventually it's going to get us to the world uh, where biology is, is, is easy enough uh, to, to engineer that it is, it's something that can be a part of every, uh, part of every economy, part of every, uh, every country, something that can be solving problems everywhere in the world. How, um, is it just computational by, in terms of the, the code base? And, and as you can tell by my podcast, Learning with Lowell, I like to learn. So I'm just curious, how do you build that reinforcement model? Is it just bioinformatics or is there a machine learning in there? On, on a high level, I don't expect you to give me the <laughs> algorithm. On a high level. Um, I, so yeah, that's, it's, a good, it's a good question, right? It's, it's, a, um, it's an abstract concept, right? It's, so what is a code base? It is, uh, it's accumulated biological data. Yeah. Um, and it's accumulated, uh, process engineering know-how, right? So it's not, it's sort of, it's not really one thing and it's not really one category of data. Uh, but it is sort of, it is, uh, everything you learn about what works in a, in a particular, uh, type of bioengineering project and what doesn't work, uh, is creates something that you can, you can build on, uh, to reuse in a new, in a, a new project. Yeah. Is it, um, 
Is it like muscle memory? I'm just trying to like, if I was a startup and I was trying to replicate some type of feature like this to have my own type of platform, how would I go about doing it using yours as a reference? It seems very similar to, to, to chat GTP, but like chat TV, you know, lets people, I think, play with a little bit more. But at the same time, uh, people open source and try and figure out how they do that. I don't know if anyone's open source and tried like reverse engineering how Ginkgo Bioworks does their database uh, portion of it. But I'm I'm curious just like how they go about learning it. If you can't answer, that's fine. Mm. But I, I'm, I'm teaching myself machine learning. So like how things learn is, is like even more on my mind right now. Like how do you learn? Is it just the results? Is it like how the like how you do the data as well? Like uh, do the experiment and then the success of the experiment and then you keep all that that you keep all that tracking and then you, you learn off of that as well. Like what all what all types of things would you that, want so to that, Certainly that's part of it, right? Like, yeah, like, like, yes, right? Like that, that's one thing that you can do, right? Like that's yeah. absolutely, right? We, classic machine learning, classic machine mm -hmm. learning. That is, that is uh, um, something that you can apply in biology uh, to solve a particular biological problem, right? So you can say, okay, I've got over here, I have a bunch of enzymes, right? And I have a bunch of different sequences for these enzymes, a bunch of different designs. That's, that's input uh for a for a for a machine learning model and then over here i have i have performance data right so how how well did those enzymes work uh you know how were they were they stable did they express at a high level were they specific right so everything that i everything that i want to know about performance um and absolutely and you yes you train that as a in a machine learning model and it will and it helps you make better enzymes right yeah. so that's that like totally totally can ha happens happens in biology so now that's that's within the context of one of a one particular yeah project yeah that makes sense mm -hmm. um is it all within the the building of this type of platform is it all the experience and knowledge generated from what you do in-house and license out and get the results from it or is there anything like what chat gpt i always get the gpp part messed up <laughs> um uh is there any element of like uh, learning off of what's published or publicly available as well. Well, we definitely, I mean, there, yes, there's, there, there are publicly available sequence repositories. Mm -hmm. Um, those are, those are very valuable. Absolutely. Right. You can go into GenBank, for example, and you find a lot of, um, a lot of sequence data in there that you can, that you can use to, um, to train an algorithm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's interesting. And so as a tech evangelist, how do you fit into the ecosystem of Ginkgo Bioworks? Like, yeah, so I, I mean, I, this is, I'm doing this, right? Like this, so this is, this is what I do. This is my job. It, so okay, I, get people um, excited. I want to get people, so get people excited. Absolutely. Uh, I want to, uh, 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 I want to make uh, Ginkgo's platform more approachable. I want to make it mm. easier for developers. Uh, and so that means uh, I do a lot of listening, uh, talk to people who are in the very early stages of building out a biotech company, um, not sure exactly, you know, what their tech stack is going to look like. A lot of them think, oh, you know, maybe I'm going to, uh, I want to create my own lab, right? I'm going to hire my own postdocs, get my own laboratory machines, and I'm going to build out my technology that way, right? That's a... Uh, uh, that's the old model, right? That's the, mm -hmm. that's the classic model. Still, still a very popular model for early stage biotech. Um, talk to them about what they, what they want to do and try to align Ginkgo's offering with 
with the technologies that they're that they're trying to develop right mm -hmm. so the sort of the idea here is that now instead of if you're if you're starting an, an early stage biotech company instead of doing it yourself doing it with your own hands getting your own lab uh instead you can uh develop on ginkgo's platform right so you you think about us as like a as an operating system right upon mm -hmm. upon which uh uh your your biological r d project can run right you don't uh you a a good programmer a very talented programmer is capable of coding their own operating system they can but why would you why would you mm -hmm. do it right that's it it's to in many cases it's a solved problem and sort of reinventing the wheel of putting in all of that infrastructure um is not necessary but to kind to extend that the sort of programming metaphor a little bit further uh if you are going to build your app on top of an operating system uh you benefit from a, a rich ecosystem of of documentation mm -hmm. for how that operating system works right so you know you've got you know the input and output functions uh you know there whatever there's a discord server where you can you can answer you know very technical questions about how to run apps on that operating system you know how it performs um there are other people who have coded with it before you can take classes uh you can become a certified developer right so there so there there, there are all these things that that tech platform companies do to make it e to make themselves easier to use for software developers. Mm -hmm. So the then the, so the question is what is that what does that look like for bio right what is what yeah. is the sort of comparable suite of of documentation and resources that a biological developer needs in order to make it very easy for them to use an existing a platform like Ginkgo's instead of going and trying to, to reinvent the wheel uh, for their uh, for their tech stack. Makes sense. The, um, do you have any like uh, this is more like a meta question, but I'm always curious like what allowed one group to be successful while other ones didn't? Uh, Ginkgo's been one, on my radar and I've been keeping an eye on it for some time now. But there's definitely other people that tried doing what they were doing. As someone on the inside, what do you think? You know, you get to see a lot more than anyone else gets to do. I think from what I'm hearing, the, the focus on making it easy for people to develop, it's very much like an Apple type focus as well, which allows them to be successful. So it seems like one of those criterion that uh, probably gave you guys an edge over maybe other people who were trying to build something similar. But what do you think, uh, from an inside perspective, that allowed you guys to have the edge when, you know, other people and probably even now, you know, get funding and whatnot to do something similar? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, so I think I'll give you, okay, I have two answers. I have two answers. I have one that's maybe a little bit more fun and one that's less fun but is maybe is closer to the truth right okay so i think the the like the the fun answer the clever answer in my opinion is that uh it was a really good idea for ginkgo to become the organism company and to focus on the organism as the product and not be the product company, not try to take all of those organisms and carry them downstream and use them to develop all of the possible products that you can make with biology. I think that was a that was a really good idea to focus on on the organism as the product. 
Um, and the reason is because biology is really big. There's so much that biology can do that it's really not possible for one company to get good on the product side at bringing all of those different products to market, right? So if you're gonna, oh, you're gonna, you're gonna bring a pharmaceutical to market and you're gonna bring uh, an agricultural strain to market and you're gonna bring a food flavoring to market, uh, you know, and it's, um, they're just, they're just completely different markets, right? They're just, they're, it's just, they're completely different industries. Um, yeah. And so being good at all of those things, it's, it's impossible for any, for any one company. There's a temptation to want to own the full stack, right? To want to have, to be like, oh, wow, you know, oh, biology, I can do this really, here's this really cool thing with biology. I want to do all of it. I want to capture all of the value. I'm going to make, I'm going to make a biofuel. And then I'm, and I'm also going to process the biofuel and I'm also going to sell the biofuel. Uh, or, uh, I'm going to, I, I'm going to develop a, you know, a cell therapy, right. And I'm going, and I'm going to take that cell therapy, you know, all the way through clinical trials. Um, and that's, and conventionally that's how, that's how biology has always worked, right. You've, 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 you've sort of focused your tech around one, one vertical. And the idea was that you wanted to, you, you sort of, you carry that product as far as you can. Uh, in order to capture the most value. So that's the, that's what Ginkgo I think is very smart about that, right? So mm -hmm. we actually, we can actually be good at all of the synthetic biology, at all of the cell engineering. Uh, we can be good at all of it. And there's a lot of internal synergy. So when you get, when you get good at one kind of cell engineering, that carries over to being good at lots of other different kinds of cell engineering, even kinds that have totally different find total applications in the real world mm -hmm. right so that so that works specializing as the organism company works doing all trying to do all the products that doesn't work that's a fun answer yes uh boring answer is it's just execution right it's just mm -hmm. execution it's just really tech is just really really hard and you just have to get a million things right and work your ass off all the time uh and there's just no there's just no easy there's just no way around it right it's just mm -hmm. <laughs> makes sense no um, there's no not a fun story right but <laughs> a lot of a lot of hard work by a lot of people over a long time um was there a point of execution that you thought was quite ingenious oh i see it all the time i see i see mm. ingenious execution happening all the time that's why i love my job uh, I love my, I love, I love, um, being, being close, um, to the, to the technology and just being able to see just all of the really cool, uh, stuff that's happening. Um, yeah, I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. Now, a lot of times I can't talk about it, right? Yeah. That's a, not fun. Not, a lot of times I can't talk about it and <laughs> that's not fun. And it's, but that's also there. I think this is a, it's something that I think about. Right. It's something it's something that I think about in this job, because on the one hand, like. Yeah, no, you can't talk about it like we this is we like we're working in biotech, right? Like customers, they come they come onto the platform. They their IP is very valuable to them. Uh, you know, they're they're entitled to privacy and so on. Also, we have IP. That's an important part of our business model. Um, and that's all true. On the other hand. Uh, 
you know, if you're a platform company, people have to know what you can do, right? People yeah. have in order to in order to use you effectively, right? So there's a there's there's a certain amount of 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 communication uh, that is you, you just can't you just can't escape it, right? So there there's I think that there's, that's an interesting tension um, that we're that 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 we're we're working through, and I'm 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 hoping. To, to sort of to get to a place where we can really have a sort of a a, a sandbox right or or um, a, a, a space for for developers where you can people can sort of ideate freely and not worry too much about that that's the sort of IP restrictions and the proprietary data that is um, uh, you know still a, a very important part of the biotech uh, ecosystem. Yeah, how would um how would that even work? Because I, I I wonder the same thing all the time. Like, how do you have it, there's a what's it called? It's not GitLab. Is it GitLab? There's a tech startup. There's a tech business. It's not a startup. It's like a billion dollar company. I think you stopped being a startup at that point. The uh, that it's they have a, a it's all open source, uh, open source, and then they monetize like premium features. So like if you just want to come in and like plug in. And not pay anything like manage it like self-host it essentially um you can just run off and do that but if you want like more premium services that uh they have the expertise in doing it then you can you know work with them to do it um i don't know how that would work in the biotech space i don't i don't know if anyone's doing something like that yeah it is a, it's a hard question and i i don't know some some things that i'm i think about though are uh maybe there's like a there's like a front end and back end mm. uh distinction that is that is relevant here so um think about uh like a like a um like a microprocessor right think about it yeah. think think about a computer chip that is uh extremely expensive to to make to design and create piece of tech it is f for a very broad market of developers and they all they all need to know everything about how to use it right if you want to sell computer chips, uh, you need a very rich documentation on, you could say that on the front end, right? If you like about how, how, how to use a computer chip, mm -hmm. right? What, what are, what, what are, what are the input and output features, uh, of a computer chip? You don't have to tell people how to make a computer chip factory. Yeah. The design, the That's architecture insane. of the com computer chip factory that can stay secret, right? You don't, you don't, you don't have to tell people what your factory looks like in order for people to use the chips effectively. Uh, and so we're not used to that in biology, right? We don't, we don't, we don't tend to make that sort of input and output uh, distinction in biology. But it really, it, but you see it everywhere in tech, right? Like there's every, there, everything, everything in software, everything in hardware. Uh, there's the documentation for how to use it. Is completely different from the documentation on how it's made, mm -hmm. um, and it works beautifully in tech, right? And so, if maybe there's an analogy to that um, in in biology, where you can have a you can have a service to with to total clarity, total transparency about how to use the service, what it can do, um, while still uh, you know keeping some uh, keeping the back end proprietary. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so you see, you work with a lot of different 
biotech teams essentially that are going to be using your platform, Ginkgo platform, um, to to build their products. Is is there a product that you haven't seen that you've been waiting for someone to come up with? Like I know I, I watched a talk where you were talking about um, how you're really excited about antibiotics, but um, I don't know. Maybe I'm sure you maybe get antibiotic people in there, but is there something that you haven't seen yet that would be like, oh, that'd be neat. I'm waiting for this. Anyone step up? Oh man, all the of course, yeah, all the time. Biology is biology is so big. You know, it's funny that it's like we actually we have like we have so many programs running now that it's I mm-hmm. don't even uh, I have like I don't even like I don't I don't know them all. Right. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know them all. And I could be like, I had, I like posted on, on the, on, on the internal Slack the other day. I was like, Oh, Hey, here's a neat idea. Maybe, maybe we should, uh, you know, and, and, and sure enough, they're like, yeah, we're already doing that. Right. Like mm-hmm. yeah, it's already happening. Um, so that's like, that's a, that's a funny thing, but yeah, but absolutely it happens. All, um, it happens all the time. I mean, like in, I guess like in, like in a big, big picture, right. Or like, like a long, long-term thinking, um, I would love to see more, uh more synthetic biology in um in plants for example um that's not something like that we do a lot of farming like molecular mm. farming or something more just broad like kind of like using i like i want to use i want to do i want to engineer actual plants right i want to engineer okay. trees right like i want to okay. engineer you want to make um, avatar i want avatar. avatar world <laughs> i want to make avatar world that's what I want. Yeah. Somebody, somebody, bring me Avatar World uh, as a project, and I'm, I'm, I'm into it. Uh, I know. I think that. I, that I, um, yeah, I don't. Know. I think that. I think that sounds fun. I like. I like sort of. I like new organisms. I like non-traditional organisms. I like sort of non-traditional models, model systems. Um, I think cultured, cultured wood is really fun. Uh, so the idea that you can grow, you could grow plant cells in culture and then turn them into, uh, you know, free form, uh, wooden objects. Uh, I think that's a, that's a, that's a really inspiring, uh, concept. And, and I think in general, I'm interested in, in sort of moving biology away from traditional organisms and, tr- and traditional model systems into the, the, the sort of real world, uh, if you like, right? Like there's, there's so much biology out there where you wish you could be like, oh, like here's a real, like this is a, here's a, a, a berry, right? Oh, here's a wild berry, but it's poisonous. Uh, let me, I just want to, let me just, let me just knock out some of those genes that make the poison. And now I have a real berry. Right. And like, that's such an easy, easy concept, except the fact that nobody knows how to work with this particular plant mm. or this, this particular organism. Right. So I think that's, uh, that's like something, something that it inspires me is, um, thinking about sort of like, just ne- like next gen, uh, uh, projects. But like, honestly, for now, like there's, there's still a lot of work to do in, uh, in like the relatively easy tech of, you know, growing, growing microbes in culture, uh, to make, uh, to make bioproducts. Hmm. Yeah. I remember from one of your talks that you said E. coli was your favorite, but it sounds like you're moving away from that or at the very least excited about, um, building or working with some other things. I haven't, I haven't heard too much about, um, using plants in that way outside of like uh, molecular farming where they use it, they like uh, engineer the plant 
to, and this is like, if there's like engineering, like corn to be bigger corn, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking like, like using it, I assume something like yeast or E. coli, where you can en- engineer the plant organism to do uh, like some type of function or to, to build some type of molecule. If that's how, yeah. how you think about it. Yeah, that's right. That's that like, so that's, that's, that's sort of, that's where the industry is today, right? Like that's, yeah. that's, that's, right. and, and which is like, it's, that's hard enough, right? Like it's not, yeah. uh, but uh, yeah, that, absolutely. Right. The, so the idea of focusing on a, a particular protein, a particular enzyme, a particular molecule, um, maybe, um, you know, doing some, doing some metabolic engineering uh, on a strain, uh, on a live strain, uh, you know, so that it, uh, maybe it has a beneficial effect on the microbiome. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that's, th- that's, that's, that's the sort of, that's like the, the scope of projects that are, you know, ready to go today. Yeah. This may be a dumb question and I just don't, I, I've not read about it at all. How would you make plants do what yeast and uh, E. coli can do? Cause I think one of the benefits of E. coli, for instance, is just like everything's been ripped out, but it's ability to do what we want. It's like, it's very like used system and we've like brought it as small as possible to do what we want it to do depending on what you're doing how would you do that with plants mm, i think people so people sometimes refer to that as uh domestication yeah. it's the, the the process of taking a, a microbe that um hasn't really been used very much in the lab uh and uh and and you know finding the right conditions to make it work in the lab or uh, or evolving it or genetically modifying it to make it easier to use in the lab. Mm-hmm. Um, in the case of plants, I mean, so you can either, you could either focus on cell culture techniques. So a lot of, a lot of plants can be propagated in cell culture. So you can take, you can, you know, you can, you can take a cutting and, and from that isolate some cells and then, and then, grow those cells in a test tube just like like you would an e coli or a yeast for example um and you know genetically modify them or or study them in a in a test tube and then go back to 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 cultivate a full live plant from those from those cells so some 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 plants are amenable to that to that kind of handling um in others there's sort there's there's no like there's no easy way uh, to do it. Right. So I think mm-hmm. there's like, if you wanted to think about like, what is that, what is that, what does that world look like? You know, where we're, where we're doing sort of, we're doing a, you know, a lot of, a lot of engineering work in plants. I don't know. I don't know. Right. Maybe there's like, maybe there's, maybe there, maybe we need like robotic systems mm-hmm. for, for, for cultivating like actual plants. Right. And that's sort of, that's, much harder to like you need a much more sophisticated robotics to grow you know a plant that has a is big and has a lot of 3d structure versus you know a test tube that you can just kind of squirt and move around um but uh i don't it's i don't know it's cool it's 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 cool to think about right that what is, is there yeah. is there is there is there a plant foundry uh, yeah. in the future yeah something that'd be that make itself amenable to to engineering so it sounds like it's the protocol itself well finding the right organism that could be domesticated uh and then developing a protocol that allows it to have the highest success rate for people to engineer upon it is like what we what we need to do to have that be uh, equivalent to like easter or e coli 
Yeah, that's right. And I, so that's something that I think about. I think there, there's a real, like, there's like a product focus thinking mm -hmm. that I think is really useful when, when you're looking at a new microbe, right? So it's sort of, it's, it's, there's the, like the, the questions that a, that a, a typical scientist would act, would ask, right? Which are things like, can I grow it in a test tube? Is it safe? Is it easy to, to genetically engineer? You know, is it easy? Do I understand it? Well, is there a lot of data on it? Right. So like all of, all, all, all of those scientific considerations, but then there's also product focus considerations, which are, uh, do, what does this do something that, that nothing else can do and that people want? Uh, and is it, is it sort of versatile enough? that I can, that I can offer that to a hundred developers. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's the sort of like the, that, the, the, like a ginkgo perspective on, on an organism like that is that it's really right. It's like, it is, it's not enough that it's just amenable to use. And it, and it's even not, a, I mean, maybe it's enough that it does something really, really cool that nothing else can do, but then does it do a hundred different things that are really cool that nothing else can do? Um, and like, that's a good, that's a good platform organism, right? That, that's a, that's a good foundry organism. That makes sense. Is, um, is it pot, is it possible to have like turtles all the way down where someone uses, uh, uh, like, uh, Ginkgo Bioworks as a turtle. And then on, on the top of that turtle, uh, they have their own platform technology that they're building. And then someone has a platform technology that they build off of that platform. Like how many turtles do you think of platform technology could you make starting if we get bioworks at the center or at the, at the bottom? Hmm. Before it's just like, it's just like a straight platform building products on top off of, of a platform. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I think that's, I don't know. That's an, that's an interesting, that's an interesting question. I don't, like I, I don't have a good sense of it. I, I, so I guess one thing that I would say is that I, I think it's, I think it's important um, when you're, when you're structuring R and D for biology, um, you have to be humble uh, about how Bio biological R&D is very, very hard to do. And that really constrains your options when you are, when you want to organize it effectively. So, and which is to say that like laboratories have existed for a really long time and they exist for a reason. And the reason is that they are, they allow sort of human experts to, to centralize and coordinate a lot of really complicated functions that are very difficult to, 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 to sort of modularize uh, and, and, uh, um, and separate. So in that sense, there's a, a lot about biology is, is different from software where like, like a, uh, you know, you can, you can, you can, you can split up code, farm it out to a hundred different servers. They'll all execute it independently and then bring it all, bring all of those functions back together and then, and reintegrate them centrally. 
and and computer code will sort of will do that for you right so you can you can which gives you a lot of flexibility in, in how you how you design your code right like you can centralize it you can you can distribute it you can build it up in layers um in in biology there's there's often there's a lot less flexibility in that mm -hmm. in that sense so which is to say that like it you know the it, the foundry the foundry works as well as it does because we're able to centralize and integrate a lot of really complex processes that they just need to be centralized and integrated hmm. um, and if you wanted and if you wanted to you 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 couldn't split them up and send them to a hundred different mini foundries uh it just wouldn't work Bio biology just doesn't let you do that right and so in that sense, there's a there's 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 um, um, maybe there's it's like a it's useful to to think about a sort of a front end and a back end distinction. Mm -hmm. I think that the sort of that like the organism is the product is 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 the right way to think about it. And so, like, if there were if there were a foundry that was going to be sort of or if there were a platform that was that was built on top of Ginkgo, the 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 organism is the is the sort of is the channel right or the, it, the is the point of contact between what ginkgo does and what ginkgo's users do the organism is this is the sort of right point of contact and sort of other other biological things that you could imagine doing you know using the foundry are are best sort of left inside the foundry because they are they just have to be built in a certain way to work well so it sounds like there's one turtle, like one main turtle, and it's the organism that is basically the how big the shell can be in terms of what it's can one turtle. It. Yeah, that's yeah, right. We want it so that you what what you want is a, you want a really big turtle that lots of people <laughs> that lots of that lots of people can ride on. Yeah, uh, I was talking to someone the other day, and uh, they're talking about how they there's a bunch of different ingredient companies that are doing B two B essentially in the cell egg space. And uh, so you have like one for this type of protein, this one for this type of protein, one for this type of protein. It's like, well, what if you just had like Ginkgo Bioworks, uh, you know, give you an organism and then, you know, feed it, have it create different types of protein in one giant foundry uh, place. And so then that would be that'd be two turtles, because then you could just output uh, the proteins to different people who would then use those to make products and, and um, like Tyson's chicken and stuff like that. So I think you can get one more turtle possible i see i think I, I see what you're getting at i think I, I i see what you're getting at and i like it and i do i think that that's that is right and that's it. there's this is a, an interesting part of my job so how i would i would sort of rephrase that and i would say mm -hmm. that it's uh because ginkgo exists uh biotech companies should be structured differently they should be they should be built differently in the, in the early stages they should have so they should have different technology deliverables that they that they prioritize in order to to take advantage of the fact that ginkgo's foundry lets you lets you multiplex efficiently mm -hmm. right and i think i think a protein space is is a sort of is a really good example of that whereas uh you know once upon a time if you're if you made a bioproduct company and your bioproduct was a protein that was it you want you focused on that one protein Right. And that made yeah. sense, made sense to focus on one protein because it was really hard. It was really expensive, took a really long time. You had to do it really well. Um, but because Ginkgo exists, 
you don't have to do that anymore. You don't have to restrain, you don't have to constrain yourself to thinking about one protein. Maybe it's better to think about 50 similar proteins, right? Uh, engineer uh, cell lines to make all of them, right? Mm -hmm. Now, some of them aren't gonna work well. That's, that's, that's biology. Um, but some, some of them are gonna work really well, right? And because of the economics of scale, because of the economics of integration, uh, testing all of them is, is just going to be more efficient. It's going to be a more, more, more efficient use of R and D, uh, time and money than having 50 different companies, each, each one, uh, uh, chasing one individual target. Right. Yeah. So this is, I think, I think, I think it's a really good example of a, of a sort of a ginkgo powered, uh, company. And now if, and then if right now, but if you were going to build that company, it would also, it's also important to keep in mind that you want to be good at, you don't, at turning all of those proteins into products, right? So you wouldn't yeah. just pick 50, 50 random proteins, right? You would pick you would pick fifty proteins that had you know similar applications or a similar market, or that you thought that you could build a company that would be really good at um, getting all of those proteins to to a customer who wanted them. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I, I've been I've been wondering when there's going to be like consolidation because there's so many uh, so much specialization going on, and it, it sounds like people aren't really making use of Ginkgo Bioworks in the cell egg space then, or, or I don't know maybe they have other factors that are limiting them. But um, I've been wondering when is there going to be some type of consolidation so we have like a McDonald's where instead of just getting like a burger, you can get like a whole cell egg suite of you know cell egg potato fries, cell cell egg soda. You know you can do cell egg uh, you know coffee. I don't see like you, you could just go into a place and you could have like a little small microbrewery behind the the glass, like kind of like Subway, so you can see your food being made. Like not all of it, of course, but like just a little sample. Uh, I've been waiting. I've been wondering, like, who, who's going to bring that all together? Because right now it's just like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to have this protein. I'm going to fill that need. I'm going to have this protein and fill that need. Um, I've been wondering, like, how's the consolidation going to work? And then can people do like this turtle thing that we're talking about, which may, may, may for the listener sound a little uh, eccentric, um, but you know, exciting times. I think. I don't know. I haven't seen anyone really move in that direction. Uh, I keep suggesting people do stuff like that, as well as build in the Midwest. Uh, it's so much cheaper out here. Ginkgo Bioworks could be twelve times the size. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't think uh, 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 costs are a constraint in the Boston area. I think you get all the talent and stuff. Um, for but I do, but I do. I think so. Like what you're talking about is, I think it's a, it's going to be a big part of the bioeconomy. Yeah. Right. But it's going to be a big part of the bio product bioeconomy on the product side. Mm. Right. So the like the Midwest, absolutely. Right. Like any any anywhere there's farming, anywhere there's agriculture, anywhere there's biology, there's going to be bioproducts. So there, de there definitely should be bioproducts companies and they should be based in the Midwest and they should take advantage of all the competitive advantages that the Midwest has in the bioproduct space, right? So it's like, get your, you know, I don't know, whatever your agricultural byproducts or your, your you know, your dairy waste streams or, um, I, I, which is what, yeah, whatever people, yeah, I, people in the Midwest know better than I do, right? Like that's kind of that's kind of the point, right? But I know that yeah. there's, I know that there's a lot of opportunities there, and so, and absolutely, the bioeconomy should be located there, right? And so, but what, so what that's going to look like? It'll be there'll be a there'll be a Midwest-based developer that can recognize those opportunities. They say, right? So they they know a really a particular product really well, right? So they say, I know. I know something that here's something that the dairy industry needs, right? Or here's something that the here's something that the ag industry needs, or here's something that 
I don't know what Midwesterners like a, a, a ranch dressing, right? To have a really good ranch dressing recipe. How dare you? <laughs> that is going to sell in That's the Midwest, true. right? I'm going to bioproduce yeah. ranch dressing, and only it has to be done in the Midwest because only I know my customers. Mm-hmm. Um, huge upper right, huge opportunities. So those, all of those, can exist, right? And so what? But what they're they're going to be they're going to use Ginkgo's platform. Right. So they're going to yeah. they're they're going to come to Ginkgo and they're going to say, Ginkgo, I need this. I need I need an organism that makes me ranch dressing that makes me, um, uh, uh, you know, that turns uh, agricultural or, you know, dairy waste uh, into a, a cosmetic. Uh, I need an organism that, um, you know, replenishes the soil on a in a particular type of farming operation. Right. Or or, or whatever it is. And and so and and Ginkgo is going to be the organism company that that provides the the sort of the enabling biotech, but it's going to be though it's going to be the Midwesterners who who make end up making those products, and they're going to capture most of the value from those from those organisms, right? Because that's where the that's on the on the on the product side, um, that's where you you just you need this sort of distributed bioeconomy where 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 everybody can be building to the to the to the strengths of their particular region and their particular industry. Yeah, I think the chip metaphor is, is really apt given how glo- like everyone's trying to re- reshore and do stuff like that to counteract uh like you know Taiwan and and China given like there's only one there's like one uh co- corporation in Thailand not Thailand um Holland that makes a spe- like can make the um like a specific machine that you need to make chips. And so then people buy from them, but then the software to make the chips is from America. And uh, then putting it together is really like, like 60% in Taiwan. And so um, granted, like that's a very limited cause it's just chips. Like we're talking like so uh, much more complex in terms of like the different things you can do. Though chips are extremely complex as well. Anyone who's doing chips out there, I don't mean to just, dis- you know, despair, despair you. Um, but it's also a unique opportunity nowadays with uh, that. Cause we're uh, coming back to America in terms of those types of things. Um, I love to learn. I'm curious, what are you, um, what are you learning right now? It could be work related, it could not be work related. I just want to like pick your head in terms of uh, what are you learning about. What am I learning about? Oh man, I don't even know if that's grammatically correct. What do you, what are you what? currently learning? <laughs> what am I currently learning about? Let's see. I am. I get. I get. So like big picture is uh i'm I'm learning a lot about business and about marketing uh i'm a i'm a scientist by training um you know i I came into this job uh uh, not a lot of industry experience um and um that's that's the sort that's like been the steepest learning curve for me is the the sort of like as a scientist, right, you like you sort of you you really center the tech, right? And you really you think that it's like, okay, I'm just I'm gonna invent this really perfect piece of tech and then that's it. I'm gonna I'm gonna I've got it. Right now I'm I'm rich, right? I'll just give it whatever. I don't know, I'll sell it to some company or whatever, who they'll turn it right. Turns out, right and especially in biology, the business side, the product side, really, really hard. Extremely, extremely uh uh a lot of hard work very requires a, a lot of um, planning and focus, right? It's not, there's sort of nothing automatic about how a, a piece of biology gets, gets turned into something that, that people actually want. Uh, and so I'm learning a lot about how that, that, that part of the process works these days. 
Is there a specific aspect of marketing or sales that you're currently having troubles with or they're current um, chewing through? I can get basically good recommendations. You want or to give me recommendations? Or someone, or someone listening can help. Maybe more quality. Or someone interesting can help. Um, I'm interested in... I'm interested in high in in sort of high tech marketing. I'm interested in um, uh, making making con- concepts accessible to people who are very smart. Uh, I'm interested in uh, sort of how to how how to how to convince people who are uh, who are very smart and very good at what they do that uh, you know that I have something to offer them. Right, that there's that there's that there's actually a there's a, another way to approach their their problem that um, uh, maybe wasn't available uh, in the past, and 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 to sort of do that without um, belittling them, right, or 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 or, yeah. or disrespecting their intelligence, right? Because I do I think that that that's that sort of uh, happens a lot, right? It's like what we're offering is a it's a it's a it's a big deal, right? Like it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty disruptive reality um the, the like the the truth is that a lot of the old way of doing biotech r and d is is obsolete or it's going obsolete really fast uh and i want to make sure that i can i sort of get get that message to people who need to hear it um but in a way that is that is that is sort of empowering to them right and makes it and makes it makes it clear that there's like a there's a real opportunity here um to do biotech in a in a, in a new way um that is going to be a, a sort of a new a new tool in your in your r d uh, arsenal and not 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 something that means like you know you're not as as good at genetic engineering as i am mm. yeah it sounds uh similar to some some people in the midwest and their thoughts on uh autonomous cars it's like why do I need a Thomas car? I drive so well. Um, but I think there's a, the, the elements of doing that in, well, uh, actually a quick question is, and do you, do you see yourself using the knowledge and like, like, let's say I was a, a customer, like we're talking this way in terms of point of friction, or is it like making content so they can like documentation so that they can understand it themselves? Like, is, is, are you looking to learn so you can make better written content or is it so when you meet, have these business meetings, you can better, understand what they need and like potentially facilitate that need with Kinkle Bioworks? Yeah, I think that, so that, that's a good question. So like the, normally the, the way this business is done is face-to-face meetings, right? Like that's, that's, oh, sweet. that's I have a book for you then. That's how, that's how it happens. It's a lot of the, It's a lot of that. And so we, and we have, we have really, really good business development people uh, who, who can, who can take those meetings and, and technical business development people. Right. And so, and that's a lot of work. Um, now I, I'd like to make that easier. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to make that faster, right? It's mm-hmm. that, that's, that, 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 it's a very, um, like the pipeline. Uh, yeah. 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 Right. It's a very, it's, it's a very high touch, right? A very, mm-hmm. a very human expertise focused process. Um, and I think we can, I think we can simplify it. I think we can make it happen faster with, other with with these other resources with with documentation with content um, that is going to that that sort of simplifies how we communicate our offering 
um, so that it doesn't have to be done in you know many hours of of face to face business meetings. So I think that's that's a possibility. I also think that it's I I think that there's something sort of magical about about technical documentation. I think that if you if you if you do it right, then it's like not only not only do you dis- describe what you can do, what your what your tech what your platform is capable of. But you empower the people who's, who read that documentation to use it in surprising ways, right? So I think that's that's the sort of that's like that's the that's the enabling layer, right? And so if you like to go back to uh, like the chip documentation, for example, right, or like an operating system documentation, the people who build it they don't know all of the applications that are going to come out yeah. of that of that software, and like you know, 99% of the value that is created from those, from those tech platforms is created by developers doing things that the platform, you know, engineers never thought about, never thought was possible. Yeah, I understand. I follow you. So, yeah. Uh, and so like, that's like that, that's, that's like a, re- that's, that's exciting, right? Like that's a real, yeah. it's a whole nother layer of like, of, of creating value. Yeah, I think uh, a book you would enjoy is Never Split the Difference. Every scientist I recommend it to uh, says it changed their life. I'm not, I don't know if I'm allowed to reference the individual examples, but uh, it helps a lot is what I'll say. And if you read it and you hate it, I'll, I'll give you money back. Like I'll, I'll literally, uh, you'll, I think you'll like it. A lot of okay. the stuff that you've been talking, like how you speak and how you formulate your questions now, uh, you're like, you got the foundation there. I think it'll just give you like the extra edge to like get the most out of those meetings. Um, I don't know how you guys do onboarding of new people, but uh, one thing that I've always liked to do, I have like documentation when I onboard people, so they can just like read in 10 minutes what some people would spend a day to explain something to someone, so, something to someone. And so uh, one thing that I have them do when they're like they're through the process, they understand the component or whatever they're going to be working on is I have them uh, rewrite the, the documentation. Like, was there anything that was not clear or whatever? So everyone who comes in is like refining the documentation and making it even more clear as everything goes on. I don't think Bowers does that. Mm-hmm. But uh, additionally, or alternatively, I think that if you just like let a bunch of like college kids at it with like iGEM and said like, hey, here's your, you get like a free pilot pl- up thing, whatever to make your iGEM competition uh, protein. And then you have them read it and then um, just let them let them be. If they have questions, they'll, they'll hoard you with the questions. Then you can refine the documentation based off their questions. So like you're crowdsourcing the pain points of, of a confusion. Yes, absolutely. Right. Like that's yeah. abs- like, abs- that's the dream, right? That's the, to- so yeah. that's the dream. Like for every, for every tech company, the idea of, of, you know, community crowdsourced, you know, self documentation, right? Like that's an engine, right? Like that's a really, uh, that's how you know you've, you've made it uh, yeah. as a, as a platform technology, when you have a community of people who are, who are not only like not only like improving your documentation and like and like actively telling you what they want from you, uh, but also also training each other. Uh, ab- absolutely right. Like yeah, hu- huge huge win, huge win. Dream dream scenario for me for me yeah, and my yeah. job is to to build a community like that. Yeah, it sounds like uh, iGem and stuff like that would be an easy you know take the documentation, hand it to them, and just see how they get confused. But um, I don't know. Those are just my thoughts. Never split the difference. Check it out. Let me know. Anyone listening in, if you have ideas on how to help, let, sure, uh, throw them your way as well. What are some books you recommend people check out? It doesn't have to be related to this stuff. Uh, it could be. 
whatever you think people would enjoy reading. Basically, this Saturday, the way I think about it, you can subject anyone to some books to read, and they must read okay. them. I do. Books to read out here. Let me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna wheel myself back to my bookshelf here. I'll grab a <laughs> couple of examples. Where is it? For people watching, there is a. I mean, for people listening, he. There's a behind him. There's like the like a the Ginkgo Bioworks Blue and a bookshelf, and so <laughs> he's literally grabbing books just for people listening in, so you can get like a play by play. The room there's right. a red couch and there's some really nice uh, art art pieces on the wall. Those that's David Goodsell. That one. That's the one that looks like a cell. I'm a big fan. Uh, all right, so I heard, here's a couple that I just I just pulled from my shelf. This is uh, a feeling for the organism. Hmm. Uh, this is a biography of Barbara McClintock by Evelyn Fox Keller. Uh, Barbara McClintock, uh, biologist uh, responsible for uh, discovering uh, jumping genes, trans transposons. So these are pieces pieces of DNA that have the ability to. Um, cut themselves out of the genome and, and, and move themselves around. And they're very important in biology. They're, um, they were discovered in the context of, of, of corn and these sort of, these sort of multicolored corn where, you know, we, I you've probably, you've seen these in the Midwest. I don't know, uh, where you have corn there and the, each kernel is a different color. Uh, this and is, they're tasty. And they're, and they're, <laughs> this is, uh, transposons. And so she was, um, she was a, a, a real pioneer in sort of holistic or sort of non-reductionist science. And that, that's the, I think, a, an important thesis of this, a feeling for, for, for the organism. Um, she, she sort of, she refused to oversimplify the, the problems that she was facing, even though that meant that for a long time she wasn't able to give satisfying explanations to the scientists around her who uh you know who were who were sort of only thought only reductionist thinking was was good enough to count as science and of course also didn't respect her because she was a woman of course mm. right sounds like a great um, book. and but she but like but it it like but it worked out right it was yeah. she 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 found a new a new language a new level of complexity in 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 biology and she and we ended up getting the nobel prize uh for that discovery um and then another one i have just on my shelf this is grow Ma grow magazine mm. uh love this this is this is published by ginkgo published by ginkgo uh you can get these for free if you go to grow grow, grow by ginkgo.com this one is the futures issue oh, swank i love free things um they're be like they're beautifully published um so these are they're these are like how can I say it? This is these this is this is these are these are they're sort of they're speculative. Uh, they're meant to be inspirational. Uh, there's just different pieces of writing, uh, philosophy, people thinking about the future, people thinking about the meaning of science. Um, it's really you know it's 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 pure inspiration, right? It's not this is not it's not marketing, right? Or if it's yeah. marketing, it's marketing because it's awesome and then hopefully you'll people will read it and they'll think that 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 ginkgo is awesome too yeah it sounds like the synthago has a, a newsletter for their genetic engineering it sounds like that but in paper format which i, I like synthago's uh newsletters because they like show you how to do stuff and it sounds kind of like that in terms of inspiring you to build things um all right so i know we're coming to the end so i want to 
so there's some personal questions. Uh, where, where do you think you're? Where do you think you'll go when you die? <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> yeah, that's a transition. I was like, oh god, should I leave with the other question first? <laughs> um, I'm not gonna die. You kidding me? I'm not gonna die. I reject your the answer? premise. I reject you the reject premise. The premise? Of this, of you reject the premise. You reject the 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 hoe. You reject the. I'm just the null. I, my my plan is to just not die. Okay, so if but I'm saying tomorrow you get hit by a car. Where do you think you'd go? Do you think there's something you go to, or is it just fade to black? I'm not threatening oh, no. you. That right can happen. Here. You can just get hit by cars. Oh yes. no! Oh, I wasn't planning on that at all. Oh no! Oh, this is terrible. Um, I don't know. I guess I. So I don't know. I don't know what happens, mm. and I'm I'm I. I uh, I guess I'm happy. I'm com. I'm maybe I'm comfortable not knowing, relatively comfortable. You don't have any like existential dread or wonder about it. Oh, it's kind of like before dread. I have lots of okay. existential dread. Absolutely, absolutely. But I. But that's. But I'm. I, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm. 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 I love my existential dread. You know. I'm. Uh, I welcome it. It's. Uh, I, I'm okay with having that be part of the part of the fun. So if there's there's two doors in front of you. One you get to understand something. The other one you, you don't have to understand it, and things will just continue on. Sounds like you'll go with the as long as things work out, you're fine not understanding. Uh, I don't I don't I don't I don't think I like I don't like that uh, I don't like that metaphor for the for the situation <laughs> because there because That's there fair. aren't two doors and there can't yes. and there can't be two doors right and the and the the part of the part of what makes the the sort of unknowable questions inspire so much wonder is uh that they is that is is that is that they're unknowable and that the option mm -hmm. of knowing them is is not there right there's that with that other door uh can never exist and i and so i i, I don't know so i think i like um damn i don't know you're you're blowing my mind here I'll, uh, I'll, I'll sit with that. I'll have to sit with that. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking like, okay, how would we test if there's an afterlife? Well, we could like shock paddle you and like you die and then bring you back. But I don't, like, I think uh, that seems very, yeah. Like there's oh a movie man, about Like this. what was it? Uh, like the Keith or Keith movie. movie from the eighties, the uh, flatliners. Yeah. There's a new one that they, they redid it. It's like a horror movie. They brought it back. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right, I think you'll, you'll enjoy the, yeah, you'll enjoy the other questions. So, um, there is uh there's a murder that happens and three people did the murder. They did other things besides murder, but I don't want to go there. And okay. uh, but when when the people when the cops showed up, they grabbed four people. One guy just happened to be walking by. He didn't do it. But three people are guilty of the four. You're the judge and you have to you have to decide on the sentence for all of them and you can't individualize the sentence. And it's only the information that I just gave you, but like God has whispered in your ear and said three are guilty, one is not. The the punishment for this crime at the time is you you hang everyone for murder. Like if you if you commit murder, you get you, you get hung. I guess is the term. Um, what crime do you what what sentence do you give the four people, knowing that you have to give it universally? That's a uh, that so that's a fun question. I do I think that I have an answer to, to that question, but I don't. How much time do I have? Uh, I mean, I, I don't have a blocker. My wife will come home and yell at me. Eventually. You don't have a blocker. Okay. <laughs> so I, to that, I've actually been thinking about that kind of, mm. of, 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 of moral question recently. 
because uh, it connects to another idea that is interesting to me, which is this this idea of reductionism in science, mm. which is one which is you know what what I mentioned in this in this sort of feeling of the organism book. So there is a there's a a critique of that kind of of moral reasoning that is called uh, the ethics of care. The ethics of care, and if you can, I guess I I don't have time to. Uh, I guess it'll disrupt the flow if I Google it. But it's there's there, the ethics. Of, it's developed by um, philosophers, and I'll I'll sort of paraphrase it as best I can. Maybe maybe getting it wrong, but the the idea here is that sort of once upon a time there were moral philosophers who tried to create. An, uh, 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 an ethical, an ethical philosophy that was reductionist, that was that was built up from simple ethical principles, and they thought that that was the sort of the best thing that you could do in ethics was to articulate ethical principles and then live your life according to those precise ethical principles, like it was a mathematics, right? Mm -hmm. Like like it right so in this case right they would say okay well three three versions of ju three times justice is better or worse than one injustice and right and so i'll i'll I, i'll have some ethical principle that i will follow that will tell me what's what's right or not in this situation ethics of care takes a different approach and says well you know actually this is life is not a math problem and not only is life not a math problem, life is never a math problem, and it can never be a math problem. And so therefore, uh, attempting to describe perfect and clear ethical principles for living life is a, is a fool's errand. It can never happen. Ethical, actual ethical decisions are always made in the real world. And in the real world, there are always infinite specific parameters, right? So there are always are, there's all, there are always, there's a, there's context. There's always a very mm -hmm. rich context of possibilities that are, that are going to influence the outcome of any particular question. So in the real world, we would, we would always, there would always be quest things that we could ask, like, uh, you know, like, who are these people? Were there mitigating circumstances for the crime? Was the trial fair? Is the information accurate? Uh, why can't we just change the law so that we don't have to uh, convict three of them? Uh, and in the real world, all of those all of those possibilities exist. And so because ethical decisions are always made in the real world, we don't have to have a reductionist ethics. So that's my that's my that's my non-answer. That's that's a that's a logic leading up to your answer, but you still have to give an answer. You you like for instance, you don't have to. I'm saying like the the you have to give one sentence, right? And the typical sentence for murder is you, you get hung, but you can give them whatever sentence you feel is appropriate. You can set them all free if you want. But the, this is the but this is the beauty of it is that I don't have to give an answer because it's not real. You don't want, you don't want to play and answer the question what you would do? I don't have to play. I don't have ethics is not a game. 
right? Ethics is ethics is happen. Ethics is what happens in the real world. So you you wouldn't ju you just would leave them there standing. A murder, not justice. You I just walk away from anywhere. your job. They don't exist, right? They're not. They real. do exist. Where do they exist? Show, point them. Point at them. In uh, the example. They exist in, in an example. Yes. That doesn't sound like the real world to me. Yeah, I mean, how do you learn if not from abstract concepts? How do you learn if not from the real world? Yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, you can have the real world, but you also can just like, it's like a thought experiment. But it's a thought experiment. It's true. But it's but it's a, I'm I'm uh, I, I respond to a thought experiment with this sort of rival thought experiment. Uh, and the the sort of old, I, I think it, I don't know I think it, I think it, I think it's an interesting critique of the way that we think about ethics. Um, but okay, I will, I'll answer your question. I'll get right on. I'll play again. Um, I would. If I only knew three out of four of them were guilty. Yep. I would let them go. It's interesting. I would let them go. Yes, I would. Unless the crime was like really, really bad. <laughs> when they murdered someone. <laughs> if someone you loved was yeah, murdered. But there's, but there's murder and then there's murder. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? That's <laughs> first degree murder regardless. That gets you hung. But if I would right, I guess I mean, it would depend on how it would, it would depend on how scared that I, I was that they would they were gonna they would they would they would hurt someone else if I let them go. That's 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 probably what would affect my decision the most. Okay. That's an interesting answer. Um I know we talked about a variety of topics today. Um with the remaining time, is there do you have any advice for people who want to get into synthetic biology or biotechnology as a career? Um, I think my the simple advice is that you do it by doing it, right? You just uh, the way that you get into something is by is by is by doing it. So you just you sort of involve yourself um, in any kind of in uh, biological research or, or synthetic biology work uh, that you can find. Sweet. And like iGem or anything? Is there anyone any spot? iGem is a great choice. iGem is a great choice. It's very uh, very accessible. There's iGem teams in a lot of places. Definitely recommend iGem. Thank you for joining us today with the Learn with Lowell show. Check us out at learnwithlowell.com. Anywhere podcasts can be found. Subscribe. Tell me what you thought of this episode. Check us out on YouTube in particular. It's a new thing I'm doing. Uh, Timestamps and links are in the show notes. Thank you for coming. And I hope everyone, every one of you found something today that you're curious about to learn more about. And you'll go out and be curious and learn something new. Thank you and have a great rest of your day.